0: Well, open your Bibles to John 1, John chapter 1. It says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Always remember you can never separate God from his Word. If you want to know God, you'll know him predominantly through his Word. That's how you'll get to know him. The Word of God is literally like God sitting in a chair next to you, talking to you. And He means every word that He says. So when He tells you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, that Word is so full of life and power that it enables you to get strong in Him. It's it's amazing how His Word is. It says, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God... And then it says this, talking about Jesus, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And then I love this, in him was life. This is the Greek word zoe, the eternal life that God has. In Jesus was zoe life. And it says, and the life was the light of men. This word light literally means in the Greek, development. It is the eternal Zoe life of God that is in Jesus, that is in his word, that will develop you, that will grow you up and develop you spiritually. You are a spirit, and you possess a soul. That soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? Your soulish realm is the control center of your life, even though you're a spirit. Because your spirit man, is made in the image of God. It has the fruit of the spirit. You have the DNA of God in you. You've got peace, joy, long-suffering, self, you know, we're self-discipline, self-control. All these things are in your spirit. Your spirit cannot fear. But if we don't renew and develop, grow our spirit man up so that revelation knowledge comes out of our spirit into our mind to renew our mind, to renovate our thinking. So if we don't do that, we can live like a mere man on the earth, like somebody who doesn't know God. But oh, as you renew your mind, what happens? Your spirit man is growing up and developing. Your mind is being renovated. All those old thought processes that were death are being rooted out. And and God is placing new ones in you in his word. His word is life. His word will develop you. This year, I want to encourage you to put his word first place. So now... We're at John chapter 1. Go over to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. In verse 63. It says this. It is the spirit that quickeneth. That means it makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. And then Jesus said this. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. They are life. They are zoe. They are filled with the eternal life of God. You've heard me or you've seen me do this. Could I ever preach without a bottle of water? I don't know. The word, a word of God a word that you speak, the word that God speaks is like this bottle. So the bo- your words are like containers. In Hebrews chapter four, it says God's word is full of life, zoe life and power. The Bible says it's active and it's effective. It goes to work at the core of things. It doesn't work on symptoms. So if this is a word from God, the water would be the life and power, right? It contains, or you can say the word of God contains his thoughts. Thoughts are what mold you and shape you. This is why the life of God that's in his word will develop you. So what the Holy Spirit will do, like today you're hearing the word. As you're reading the Bible, That's great, but nothing happens until the Holy Spirit opens the Word. And this is what he does. The Bible says the entrance, that Hebrew word means opening of the the entrance of your Word. It brings light, right? So what happens is as you meditate in the Word of God, as you come to church, as you're listening, as you read the Word of God, with a heart of, Lord, I reverence, I honor, I respect your word, I respect you above everything else in my life. And now, because of that, I am going to do what your word says. I'm going to meditate in your word day and night. What does that mean? I'm going to say it over and over to myself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I thank you that I can do all things Through Christ who strengthens me. I say that over and over and then what happens now, as I'm speaking it, the word is being implanted in my spirit man. And now as I do this, what I don't realize is now the Holy Spirit will start opening it. And he will bring revelation knowledge of the word of God to me. So it's like light. Light. Because his word is full of light. It'll dispel darkness. The Bible says that his word is a lamp to my feet. It tells me where I am. It's a light to my path. It tells me where I'm to go. It is my guide. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Don't try to overcome a sin habit by saying, Okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to. Satan loves that because you fail. And then he jumps right on you and he goes, you dirty dog, there's no hope for you, right? No, no, just focus on hiding his word in your heart. And all of a sudden you'll realize, wow, wait, I, I, that doesn't have a hold on me anymore. That's the way it is. The Holy Spirit, see, the word will do the work. So as he brings revelation knowledge, what happens is now your spirit will communicate that to your mind. We call it the washing or the word calls it the washing of the water of the word of God. And what it does is it will go into your mind, into your soulish realm, and it will renovate it. So think about if you're going to renovate a bathroom. What is the first thing you do? You have to tear out all the old junk, right? And then you replace it with new stuff. That's exactly what the word of god will do. the bible says things like every plant that was planted in you, it is the father's will to root every one that or that, that was planted in you by someone other than him, it's his will to root out every one of those plants. they know now as they study the brain that they they say the subconscious mind is like a forest of trees. it's real interesting. How the Bible says we'll be like, if we meditate in the word, we'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. So, so don't try to be something. You're a New Testament believer. You already are something. But here's what we need to do. We need to, we need to get who you are on the inside that we can't see. God wants to, and this is what the Holy Spirit does, With the word of God, he wants to draw out of the inside of you who you are and show it on the outside. I'm telling you, I I remember when the Lord, I've said this so many times, is he'll draw uh, from the inside who you are on the outside. The Lord said to me years ago, he said, Tony, I can't wait until you meet yourself. And boy, that process is wonderful. The process of renewing, renovating your mind, because it transforms your life. In Romans 12:2, where it talks about the renovation of your mind, it says, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." This word "transformed" is the Greek word metamorpho. It's, it's, it's translated in Romans 12:2, "transform." But, you know, on the Mount of Transfiguration, remember that when Jesus was there with a few of his disciples and what was on the inside of him shone on the outside and they saw him in his glory? That's the same Greek word metamorpho. That's what the Holy Spirit will use the word of God for to draw on the outside who you are on the inside. Because you're fearless. You are. Love unconditionally. You are strong. Why? Because you know how to be one with God so that now you're no longer strong in yourself. You're strong in him. So now your limits are his limits, which he has none. So. The enemy knows this, so he wants to stop this process so that you, in an unrenewed mind, still operate And I'm worthless, I'm no good, I'm stupid, I can't do this, right? And he'll, he'll talk, he'll, he'll keep trying to bring up your past, he'll, he'll bring those Polaroid pictures to you, for those of you who are older, he'll bring just you know, some, some pictures to you, some DVDs, right? He'll bring this stuff to you and it seems so real, but it's not. Whoever the son has made free, right? John 8, 36 is indeed free. So so who you are is free. So as you renew your mind with the word of God, what happens is your life is transformed. Now your spirit man starts showing up on the outside. Your spirit man will, will side with the renewed mind and tell your flesh, we're not going there. Amen. We'll tell your emotions, no, 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 no. We're not going there. Amen. It'll bring peace to you in the midst of a storm. You'll be in the biggest storm of your life and you'll be at peace. Amen. Why? Because you're no longer moved by what's trying to happen to you because you're focused on not what's happening to you, you're focused on what's happening in you. I think I said that to the ladies and to the men this weekend. That's what the walk of faith, when you get in faith, when you, when you put the word first place now, what happens, you're starting to walk. You're not talking about your mountains anymore. You're talking to them. You're talking to them. You're speaking the word, and you're seeing them be removed. God will make crooked places straight. He'll bring light in the darkness. It's impossible for you to be in a dark place because you are light. Right. You start to you start to go from I don't know what I'm going to do to all things are possible because I believe God. His word is spirit and it's life. Isn't this good? So now it also talks about that his word is truth. Now it's John 17, 17. We're here. I want you to jump over and I want you to see this. I want you to set your eyes on this scripture. John 17, 17. This is Jesus talking and he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Purify them. Jesus is saying, talking about us, purify them. Set them apart for for my use. How? Through The truth. If you notice in secular humanism and whatever else they're calling it today, it's always about truth. And here's the core of it all. Whatever I think truth is, is what it is. Well, I'm sorry because truth is not what you think it is. Truth does not originate with you and I. Truth doesn't originate on this planet. Truth is eternal. Truth originates when God speaks. Whatever he speaks is truth. And his truth will sanctify, purify, set you apart. You need to be set apart. It's so important that you be set apart. God wants you to to set you apart to your children so that they can see him. God wants to set you apart in the company that you're working for so that they can see Jesus. Your work is to be a form of worship. God wants to set you apart if, you're, if you have your own company. He wants to set you apart so that people see Jesus through it. If you're a housewife, he wants to set you apart in everything that you do. That's what the word will do. It'll separate you. It'll cause people to look in a crowd and go, there's something about this person, right? I've got to have what they have. And what do we have? We have Jesus. So now, if you go over to Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, this is a huge, huge statement. In in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, which means in the freedom, wherewith Christ has made us free. Stand fast. Actually, this word fast, literally in the Greek, means fixed. So he wants you to stand fixed. That means you're fixed fixed. And you are immovable. That means nothing can move you. How, where do we stand in the freedom whereby, wherewith Christ has made us free? And it says here, "And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage." The yoke of bondage—that is everything that is outside freedom. God is saying, "Don't." Don't go back to the way it was before you were saved and embrace that stuff. Don't let the sin nature in your flesh, don't let your mind side with it so you start living out of that. Because if you do, this is what will happen. You'll either have all this sin habit in your life and you keep blowing it. Or, and I think this one's even worse, you'll become religious, prideful. But it's all a fake fallacy. you got to put other people down to make yourself feel better. Right? You've got to act all spiritual and all holy and it it makes people that don't know God just almost throw up. They're like, just get away from me. But Jesus is irresistible. So we got to stand fixed. This is your environment. You are to live in freedom. Isn't that awesome? So how do we do that? Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I just know I'm going to get to the notes. There's some wonderful notes. Man. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 23, well, actually, we got to... Let's start in verse 19. It says, Having therefore, brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. See, when all of man's sin hit Jesus, when all the results of the curse hit Jesus, there was a new and living way made. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us in a new way. He's the door. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Now we can experience His life with Him. We're created beings. He created us. We're made in His image and in His likeness. We're not created to do anything for ourselves or by ourselves. We are to be united with him and we are to be united with each other. You won't get very far alone. The Bible says in Ephesians 3 that you comprehend the multi-dimensions of the love of God with all the saints. Everywhere it talks about anything, walking with God and any of the blessings of God, it literally, it, it says with all the saints. You'll never get away from that. So let's keep going with this, this new and living way. And it says, verse 20, what is that? Verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near or let us approach near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. See, I'm drawing near and I have full assurance. When I take a step, he takes a step towards me. When I'm reaching up, he's reaching down. Always. Isn't that amazing? The God of the universe, his eyes are always upon you. He's always ready to move if you'll move. Now you're saying, well, why do I have to move first? Because he gave you a will. See, actually, you're not really moving first because he moved first when he sent Jesus. Now the next move is you, but if you'll move, he'll make that next move. He'll, He'll do everything the word says he's supposed to do. Amen? So this is very, very important. So by a new living way, we draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Why? Because if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass, right? It says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Isn't it awesome that our hearts, our hearts have been sprinkled from an evil conscience? I'm alive to God now. My spirit man is completely in tune with him. My spirit man wants to dominate everything I face in the world. It wants me to run to the battle because I already know I've won. My flesh gets scared because it only considers itself. Oh gosh, what if this doesn't work out? Well, we don't think that way as Christians because God said. So if he said it, not only will he not lie, he can't lie. I don't have to be concerned about any, and my spirit man knows that. It's ready to go. So I need to renew my mind so that my mind thinks in line so that now I could keep my flesh under. Because your flesh is crazy. It has the sin nature in it. I mean, it's going to be wonderful. Death is going to be a wonderful experience. If you could interview people that died on the earth and went to heaven, they, they'll just, they would tell you, oh my gosh, I wouldn't go back there for all, every, anything. Don't put me back in a body that has sin nature in it. I, I, I just, I, you know, cause don't, or is it just me or do you have to kind of deal with your flesh from time to time? Yes. Only 24 seven, right? <laughs> Thank God in heaven, we'll just be like, oh Lord, right? So, so, and then what's neat is we'll get a glorified body that won't have the sin nature in it anymore. Isn't that awesome? Here, here's the really cool thing. All of us as Christians are phenomenal people. People that you would just be drawn to. Sometimes it's just covered up because we're not showing you who we really are. We're showing you our flesh. And this is why the Lord tells us, don't know anybody after the flesh. We know each other after the spirit. This is huge. But then it says here in verse 23, moving on very quickly, (laughs) let us hold fast, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. This word is the Greek word homologeo, let us hold fast, that Greek word means to say the same thing. So let us hold fast to saying what God says. That's what we're to say all the time. Now, this is this is hard on your flesh because your flesh will want to feel sorry for yourself. But when you say what God says, you have nothing to feel sorry for yourself for. Well, Pastor, you don't understand what's happened to me. No, no, no. I, I don't have to because I understand what happened to him to take care of what happened to you. Does that make sense? And I'm telling you, when God heals, there is no scar. Behold, I make all things new. So we hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. Right after this, look at what he says. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. So right after it talks about approaching God, right after it talks about holding fast to the profession of our faith, here we go again. Here we are bunched in with everybody else and let us consider one another. Let us observe one another fully and invite each other to do good works. Does that make sense? So I am to observe Edwin fully. Pastor Edwin, so that, so that now when I'm with him, I'm looking down on the inside and I'm speaking when I, when, when we go out and fellowship together, I mean, it's like days of heaven, isn't it? It's just, we leave and we're built up. Why? Because he's building me up with his words. He's ministering grace to me. I'm ministering grace to him. That's the way it's to be here. Do you notice how wonderful of an environment we have here? It's amazing. People talk about how people just love each other and all this stuff. Well, guys, we're just getting started. This will grow because this is how we do it. This is part. If you don't, if you're not part of something, it's you're, you're never going to be able to develop. We comprehend the love of God with each other. Now, that sounds wonderful, except what that means is we rub up against each other. You know, I'm having a bad day and I kind of rub up against Mark and and Mark is like, oh man, pastor just kind of blasted me. And when he responds in the love of God, we both go, oh wow, the love of God. So he'll respond in love to me which will help me get in the right place. See, this is how this thing works. So people will say, I don't want to go to church because it's filled with hypocrites. Well, okay, hypocrite. Right? Okay, hypocrite. Well, uh, just come join the club. I mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but have you ever been a hypocrite? Have you ever spoken out of your mouth what you really don't believe in your heart? Here's a hypocrite. Man, I just don't think I'm healed. Oh, you hypocrite. Because your spirit knows the word's true. We could go on and on with this. Listen, we're all a work in progress, so this is what's really cool. None of us have to try to be anything to each other. Because we can see each other after the Spirit. We're all a work in progress. When you see somebody blow it, you're like, oh man, I need to pray for them. Because I've wrote a book on blowing it in that area. Right? I mean, unless I'm just preaching to people who have never messed up. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that all your mess-ups, all of them combined, all put together, amount to Nothing. They have no power. Why? Because they're gone. They have no power to affect your future. God is not mad at you today. He is not mad at you today. Isn't that good news? So now let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. You know the thing that we know? The foolishness of preaching. You know what's really cool about it? Do you know when we're done today we will have accomplished everything that the Holy Spirit wants for today. Do you know in your life, you don't have to stress about anything? You just walk with him. You may feel like you're not getting anything done. You, it might look like it, but you just follow him and be at peace because you'll get it all done. You, you, we're going to finish our course strong with no toil. Verse 12. See, actually... I think that my problem is actually all your all, I'll try to be Southern, all y'all's fault. (laughs) Right? Because when you're hungry, I asked the Lord one time, I'm like, why do I just have this time with you? And, and, And when I'm typing these notes, it's like, it's exploding in my heart and then I get to church and I don't even open the book. You know? And I'm like, what is that? And, and this is what the Lord told me years ago. He said, Tony, I was on my way to Jairus's house to minister to her daughter. And the woman who had an issue of blood, right? He go, change my direction. He says, I'll always move to fill the hungry. So, so it's your fault. So I try to go one way. So, but here's the cool thing. It really blesses all of us, doesn't it? Amen. The word is so full of life. So in verse 12, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. That means an evil heart of rebellious disobedience in departing from the living God. It says, take heed. So this is, mean, this is saying, hey, be watchful here because the enemy's coming and if you're not careful, you can start to get to where you're living for yourself and all of a sudden you're starting to rebel and you're starting to say, I know God wants me to do that, but I'm not going to do that. And when you, when you do that, you have an evil heart of unbelief because you're departing from him. God never wants you to depart from him. An example of that is Adam and Eve in the garden. They walked with God every day. Then they sinned. Sin, they died spiritually, and now what are they doing? They're hiding from God, right? And then the King James translators, it's hilarious. They translate it, Adam, Adam, where are you? As if God, the all-knowing God, does not know where they are, right? You have to translate it in the Hebrew language. It, it literally says, Adam, Adam, why are you where you are, right? So, so see, God always knows where we are, but don't withdraw from him. This is a huge statement. Take heed, brethren. If you jump up and go to chapter 4, it says, let us therefore fear. This is, this is a little vague. It literally, it literally means let us therefore be cautious, be aware, and be very diligent, lest the promise being less left us of entering into his rest Any of you should seem to come short of it. So you want to be very cautious. You want to be very aware. You want to stay diligent unless you fall short of entering into his rest. What is his rest? This is the place of freedom that he has for you. The place of rest is where you have ceased from your own works and now you're just working out what he's working in. I'm not trying to be I already am so everything will fall into place to do everything that I have in my heart to do. Now see if you look at and, and I mentioned this I, maybe to the men and women this weekend. If you look at the Old Testament, this is, this is talking about, in, in, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the Old Testament, the Jewish people were a type. They were our example. So we're, we're learning from them what not to do, and, and, and you could learn from them what to do. There's some great feats of faith and all this other stuff. But when you look at, when you look at the types and shadows, Moses in the Old Testament was a type of a New Testament believer. So if you study the life of Moses, you see that he spoke to God face to face in the same way that we live in God's presence. We speak to him face to face. Moses knew things about God that, that other people didn't know in the same way that God, he, he grants us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, Right? flooded with light so that we can know his plan for our life the incredible inheritance that we have as a believer the incredible power that is pointed towards us as a believer so so we we live like this but you got to understand moses that moses was a type of a child of god the rod that he carried that god gave him was a type of the name of jesus god gave you and i the name of jesus if you'll notice nothing ever happened god never moved until moses moved and you've got to learn that in your Christian life. When you move, now he'll lead you on how to move, but when you move, then he moves in your life. you got to know this. Most believers are waiting for something to happen. Lord, I'm just waiting. Now, if you talk about Bible waiting, it means to expect I'm waiting with a heart full of expectation because I already know I have it. I know that I'm going to see it. So I'm expecting, not waiting. Well, you know, if God wanted me healed, I'd be healed. If God wanted me blessed financially, I'd just be blessed financially. No, no, no. He, if you meditate in the word, the Bible says you'll make your way prosperous. The word of God will enable you to make your way prosperous. So there's some things we've got to learn here. It says, let us therefore fear. Let us be cautious. Let us be aware. Let us be diligent. Lest the promise being left left us of entering into his rest, any of you should fall short of it. You don't want to fall short of a promise of healing and be all stressed out about, gosh, if this gets worse, what am I going to do? Or the doctor finally said there's no medicine, there's nothing they could do, there's no surgical procedure that could help me, what are you going to do then? You're not at rest, you're in toil. But you could enter into his rest and realize by his stripes I was healed. Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. He sent his word and healed me that actually I was healed 2,000 years ago. It's a matter now I just simply embrace it in my life. Now I'm at rest because Why? I'm not trying to get healed. I already am the healed. And therefore, in the name of Jesus, all the sickness and disease has to leave my body. It's a different way to live. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we are having, you're having the gospel preach. If you're around here, you're going to get the word. It's going to be proclaimed to you. For a lot of you, you listen to teaching all the time. You're in the word all the time. The gospel, the good news is being preached to you all the time. But you got to be careful at saying, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, as well as unto the children of Israel. God said over and over and over again, listen, I've already given you this land as I swore to your fathers. Over and over, I've already given it to you. When you go in, there's going to be walled cities greater than you. There'll be people greater than you. Don't fear them. The battle's mine. The victory's yours. Right? That's, but, but it says here, the gospel was preached to both, the, both classes here, but it did not profit them. The gospel did not profit the children of Israel because they never mixed the gospel with faith. So they walked around. God kept telling them, I've given you the land. They kept walking around, looking at their circumstances and speaking their circumstances. What did you bring us out here to die? Constantly. It'd be better if we went back to Egypt. So that they never mixed it, what they heard that God said, they never mixed it with faith. So we hear the gospel today God wants you blessed. He wants you healed. He wants to make you above and only and not beneath. All these things, but it won't do you any good if you don't mix it with faith. So faith, how do I do that? Well, f- what is faith? Faith comes by hearing God's word, right? Not by listening to it, but by hearing it. You can only hear God's word If it's number one in your life, you you reverence it above everything else. And now I have ears to hear. And when I hear the word of God, what happens is I'm putting it in my heart. And now the word starts talking to me. Tony, I bore your sickness and I carried your pain. When I hear the word of God, faith comes. I've got to mix what I've heard with my faith. In order to walk in it, though. Well, how do I do that? Our mixer is our mouth. So you have to, you hear the word. If the children of Israel had walked around, because a couple of them did, Joshua and Caleb. They walked around and said, hey, we're well able. God's given us this land. Let's do it. Let's go right now. I'm fully persuaded. See, they walked around in the wilderness, thanking God for what he had already said. Had everybody else done that, that generation would have went in. But they chose not to. They chose what? To, they chose to mix with their mouth what they saw, what they felt, all the natural things. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. If you pay attention to natural things, you and I are never to be moved Never to be moved outwardly. I don't ever measure whether I'm in faith or not because of what my body's doing or what my finances are doing. I don't measure that by that. I don't measure it by how I feel. I measure, I measure my faith with what the word said. I don't ever measure my faith with the circumstance. Because, see, sometimes you can't tell. And we've got to get this right. We have to mix it, right? Verse 9 says this, same chapter, Hebrews chapter 4. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his, talking about the seventh day of creation, Cease from his own works. You gotta cease. You gotta stop trying to figure it out. Try to make it happen yourself. Rest is where you let God. You take his word. You meditate on it. And you just start thanking him that it's done. Father, I thank you. I thank you for fixing this situation. I thank you if I pray anything according to your will. I know you hear me. And if I know you've heard me, I already know I have what I've asked you for. It's really awesome. It says, <clears throat> verse 11, let us labor. That this, this word labor means let us make a diligent effort to study. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. God wants you to. He wants you to walk in the blessings of, and, but here's the thing this year is a year of change and transformation. God wants your life to completely be a picture of what His Word says your health, your finances, your, your mental health, your relationships, everything. But in order to do that, you're going to have to give up and get your eyes off what you're seeing. Because remember where it said stand fast in the freedom wherewith Christ has made you free? See, here's the thing. Sometimes the place of freedom is uncomfortable to your flesh. Right? For the woman with the issue of blood, her place of freedom was touching the hem of Jesus' garment, which in the natural put her life on the line, Because the leader of the synagogue was standing right next to Jesus. Plus she had an issue of blood. So she was hemorrhaging. So you know when you lose blood you're weak. And she had to go out and go through the press. Try to get through this group of people who was thronging Jesus. So here's a little lady. She's trying to get through this crowd. Could you imagine? It was not comfortable. But that's where God was leading her in her place of freedom. Peter's place of freedom was getting out of the boat. Right? So you can... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's place of freedom was in the fiery furnace. Daniel's was in the lion's den. Joseph's was in prison, was as a slave. See, you don't know, so don't let your circumstances make you feel like you're not in a place of freedom. Because when you're right in the middle of a battle... When you see it as from God's perspective, you've already won. Right? So, so what is it? Your flesh may not like it, but all your circumstances are, it's just a gym. Right? A spirit, if you saw, it's just a gym. The enemy's bringing something against you and it's just going to work out. It's going to make your faith stronger. That gym is called Spirit Builders. Free membership. Whosoever will, let them come. Right? And your flesh won't like it. Your flesh won't even want to go. Right? Like, could you imagine at a... I'm so thankful I've got a gym in my house. I remember all those years, man. January was a nightmare at a gym. Because New Year's resolution, for those first three weeks, everybody's a workout animal. Right? But then after a while, we're like, oh, I don't know. But that's what we do as Christians. And then the enemy will try to divide you from every place or every person that can help you. So this year, let's just say we're all in. We're not going to let the enemy have control of our tongue. We're not going to let the enemy have control of our life in any way, our family, our friends. We are going to walk with the Lord this year. Amen.